Pink Fohawk is a crass, vulgar, violent, raunchy podcast that is meant for immature adult audiences only. Content warning is available in the description. Seattle Public Access Radio. It's that special time of year. And to help bring in the holiday season as a new addition to our station, Cooking with Bone Grog. Hello, friends. Welcome to Cooking with Bone Grog, a holiday cooking special, spatchcocked for your pleasure. I am your host, Tina Bone Meal, and give a warm welcome to our special guest, my friend, but not yours, Basil Stormgrog. Oh, right, you don't need to welcome, do that. Welcome, Baz, welcome. Oh, thank you, thank you. It's really nice to be here, Tina. You know, we, we had a rough start. Not to have you. Are you fucking interrupting me, oh, huh? So I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm sorry that I don't have people over very often. Well, since we last talked, I've actually done quite a bit of cooking myself. I was a little embarrassed when you You have. Out. Got lots of recipes, lots of, um, I write them down sometimes. I didn't pay you for a cooker. You know, I'm trying to expand my, um, my skill set, if you will. Maybe, maybe find another lady. Maybe make a nice meal for a nice, a nice woman It's important to bounce back with purpose. After Gail, I'm just projecting here, but... Did you do most of the cooking or did Gail? Gail did most of it, I'll be honest. I took her for granted. I sure did. She was a lovely woman and was great in the kitchen and in bed, but we don't have to go there. <laughs> we can't <if> we like. <coughs> I've also taken up a bit of uh, cigar smoking. Interesting. Mostly, uh... Anything you really like? Are you talking about my cigars or my dishes? I, is, I assume they complement each other. Oh, they do, absolutely. Um, one of my favorite dishes that actually Gail used to make was, uh... We called it Gail's Goulash. And most of the time, mm. she'd find things around the yard or the house or maybe a bird or something that had died and <clears throat> just make a real nice stew. Opportunistic. You would have really liked her, Tina. You this would've... day and age, food's so expensive, you know? No inflation, lack of edible species around. You gotta do what you can. Absolutely, Tina, and I. <laughs> <laughs> lack of edible species. That sounds delicious, Boz. Really looking forward to what you have prepared uh, for today. Do you have any holiday traditions that, that you like to talk about? Anything that makes you think of home, uh, loved ones? Um, anything that makes the holidays the holidays for you? Well, my dad and my mom, you know, we didn't have a really fancy upbringing, but every uh, holiday season, my, my father would take me down on a just a one-on-one trip down to the swamps. That uh, sounds special. Yeah, we would put our waders on and get a, the finest stick we could find and just poke around the, the swampy bog, really. And Nothing like a good stick. You know, nobody really talks about but, that, but finding the right oh, stick, I, that's an important part of childhood. I completely agree, I, and I've kept every single stick that I've ever gotten with my father. Good for you. I've made a little uh, a fence in the back, and um, is that what that is? That, yeah, well, yeah, it's very sentimental. I didn't want to bring it up when you know that's my family fence. And so with these sticks, you we would sharpen them with um our our teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time, we'd find some bottom-dweller fish, you know, the ones that really just suck up all the pollution and the, the nasty shit. And But, you know, it gives them a good extra taste. Natural marination. Exactly. You've got that right, Tina. So we would go pick out a, a fish and, you know, just stab it right in the eyes. Right in the, right in the eyes, right in the eyes that's, like... that's the best way to kill them. We just blind them and then you, can, then you can snap their neck. Quick and easy and then you just debone them right there with your bare hands, slap them on your back and my mommy would, uh... 
uh, I'm sorry, my, my mother would, um, in a big cauldron, just make a, um, a nice stew. And fish stew. Fish stew, but I've, I've learned a... Pacific Northwest uh, specialty. That's right, but Tina, there's just a... a real treat. I found that kneecap tendons are just what makes the stew... A lot meatier and a lot more substantial, if you Like will. a broth. Exactly. Like yeah. a broth, like a, the flavor seeping in, Kneecap I understand. specifically, it's the a patellar very... tendon, uh, I hear, is one of the most delicious tendons in any body. You really know your your body cuts, don't you, Tina? I do. My last name's Bone Meal. Our family goes back generations. Well, really, only about 50... 45 years or so. But... We really specialize in understanding the bones and the connective tissues of of the carcass and the flavor profiles of all things included. And then with the right bone, you can grind it up into a meal. You know, I guess I never put two and two together. A delicate flour is hard to find, but the perfect bone meal is the key. You didn't hear that here. No, wait, you heard that here. You You heard that here. And Tina, I'd like to ask you the same. I don't like all these... Twats watching me and the, the cameras in my well, They can't see us. Oh, bothers me. This is radio. Prime radio. Prime radio. Um, do you yourself have any traditions? Well, back in, as you know, I come from uh, the eastern mountains oh, of the, yeah. uh, the Bitterroots. Lived in a home with some of my family <laughs> called Hoodoo Ranch. A happy place of nothing but trolls where we could appreciate our ch- each other and live in peace and harmony. And uh, really nice. one of my favorite things was milking the marmots. <laughs> it was my job every morning to wake up early at 4 a.m. and milk the marmots from the marmot pen. And then if they had a new whelp of marmots, they separated the males from... <laughs> It was my job to separate the males from the females and choose which would go out to stud and which would be used for bone broth and fertilizer and some marmot stew. And then, of course, the females were used for more breeding and then for dairy purposes. Now, did the male marmots, was it very obvious? They were male. (laughs) (laughs) Not always, Boz. It wasn't always obvious. Not every marmot is created equally, if you know what I mean. Oh, I know exactly what you mean, Tina. (laughs) You're really just looking for the flap. For the... (laughs) Some are more pronounced than others. At that age, it's hard to tell. So I'd get in trouble if I got it wrong. So I developed a keen eye from an early age. But also, I was in charge of the milking. Dairy, as you know, is hard to come by. Really, any mammal that lactates with is is a viable option for dairy. Uh, I've I've lactated many animals before, and I completely agree. Interesting. Yeah, you can actually milk fish too, but I won't go. You can. You can. I didn't no, know you. that. I'm from the mountain regions. You're clearly a more ocean-bound, seafaring uh, creature. I feel like my, you know, maybe the one I did find that actually, you know, had titties. I. Uh, Mummy. I think we call it in the mammal kingdom. Mummy. Mummy. Mummy? Is that right? I'm uncertain. I'm not formally educated past the age of 16. I'll I'll take your word for it. I've never been to school in my fucking life, so I'll take your word. Continue, continue. I'm very intrigued, very intrigued. That's about it. It's one of my favorite pastimes. We'd go into the cheeses and the the solstices. Marmot cheese. A nice parmesan was hard to come by, but a nice marmot parmesan. Delicious. Rare delicacy. Have you tried selling it? You think a lot of people would like it? The problem is the marmots are hard to find these. 
these days. Oh, right. But there are ways around that, and we'll get to that oh, later. Right, right, uh, right. Viewers and listeners, thank you, boss, for sharing your family oh, history with thank me. Thank you, thank you. It's nothing I do often, and I'll, I'll do it for you, Tina. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to move forward in our cooking special, and we're going to talk about uh, my favorite holiday uh, dish that came from my family and perfected by my uncle Mel. We're going to be talking about smoked rat belly meatballs. Oh, Tina, making my tummy grumble. Making my mouth water just as I talk about it. Um, As I said before, we like to use marmots in this, but today we're going to be using the urban devil rat. Classically, of course, you'd go with some sort of non-awakened rodent, but in this case, living in the Seattle area... You want to go as big as you can for any sort of belly meat. There's some big fuckers out there. There are some big fuckers out there. Um, I've seen them. I've fought them before. Yeah, actually, Boz is generous enough to wrangle us a young devil rat from the Beeline Subway. Uh, Would you mind fetching that for me, Boz, real quick? I think he's he's in the cage that I I brought with me. Let me me go get him. You want to get him? I'll talk a bit about devil rat. Now, obviously, your younger rodents are going to be much more tender. And now with a devil rat, you do run the risk of the vital spectrum of diseases. So it's important to test the flesh before consumption. Uh, you can go to your local stuffer shack and find a testing kit if you're concerned about that. They are, of course, a nuisance. Oh, oh, this motherfucker bit me, Tina. Oh, Jesus oh, Christ, Boz. What? Is that a live devil rat? Well, you didn't tell me to fucking kill it. Don't you bring you a live devil rat into my apartment? Jesus yeah, Christ. Tina, you gotta tell me these things before. Just, just, give me, hand me that real quick. Oh, God, this one's big. This one's big. Fucking Christ, Boz. Oh, Sorry, fuck Tina, you didn't tell me these things. I had him in my basement, trying okay. to flatten him up. It's okay. You said fresh, it's Tina. It's better fresh, fuck. it's better fresh. I just didn't anticipate <sighs> the squealing. Right, oh fuck, you got blood on my finest linens. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh my god, that was so good. <laughs> Shit, man. <laughs> it's so hard to keep it together. Oh, I, need a, I need a beer. Yeah. I need a beer. Oh, give me a beer. <laughs> How you doing, Buzz? How you doing, Buzz? This is good. (laughs) Going back to the show, Tina. Will any rodent survive us? It will, Buzz. It will. Good question. We've gone with the devil rat for the sheer size. They run up to about one meter in length, Buzz. Usually pale and wrinkled and hairless. Well, that kind of sounds a lot like my big old heavy dick, Tina, doesn't it? (laughs) 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 I wouldn't know, Buzz. Now another advantage of the hairless rodent is the skin. He's already exposed. No messy hair trimming. I just really hate a mess. You know, I don't like to make a mess. And that skin on this, you should crisp up really beautifully. Reduce into that smoky drippings that we'll use later from the smoker pan. That sounds so good. And I know they have that really thick skin. The extra fat. Extra fat. It's hard to come by. Now... Bots, you might be wondering, how do we prepare the devil rat? There's oh. many different ways to do this, but because we're going with the smoked version and the slow smoker, you're going to want to overnight oh, brine it. Tina, how long are we doing this for? You said it was just going to be for a little... I'll have to stay here all night. No, no, I've gotcha. actually already prepared oh, one. Well, it's a little me? trick of the trade. Oh, I gotcha. You're so smart. So you're going to overnight brine that with any spices of your choice, any substitutes you can find at your local stuffer shack or your convenience store, your grocery store is just fine. Algae is a good choice. Seaweed, sea salts. Prepare that by boiling in water, covering the devil rat carcass in a brining bag about 10 to 12 hours overnight. And then of course, 
on the day of the smoking, we'll be spatchcocking that. Um, what what does spatch spatchcocking mean? <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Buzz. It's a great question. Spatchcocking, of course, is when you clip through the ribs off the bone. Oh. In fact, why don't you go ahead and grab that carcass? Oh, um, all right, all right. We've so already, heads. Brian. All right, so go ahead. Take these. Yeah. Uh, there's some brass knuckle knife right here. Fuck, Take that. Fuck yeah, Tina. All right, here we go. Okay, now you're just gonna stab in there. Feel first for the ribs. You can kind of see it through the flesh. This oh, one's a little yeah. more spindly than I like. But as you said, the skin is nice and supple. So you can see the rib cage exposed. Oh, I see the ribs. As you see the ribs, go ahead and take that knife and just above the head in a full plunge, try and snap those ribs next to the spinal column. And you're gonna wanna hit every one of them. All right, Tina, here we go. This is for you, Gail. <laughs> wow, it's also very therapeutic. Very good form, boss. Do you do funny with the bone marrow? Later on. Uh, that, that's a right, fantastic sorry, question. Just, we'll I get back to that, that in just sorry. a second. You've gotten through most of the bones here. Here's one more. Now, go ahead and reach in. Now, the spine is clear of all the ribs. Go ahead and reach in deep into the anal cavity. And then grab the spine from within. And then rip upwards. Upwards, boss. What? Okay, this is... I shouldn't have asked. I should have known what spatchcocking is. I've done this, but not usually with rats anyway. Interesting. All right. Into there. It's tighter than I thought. It is with the devil rat, yes. Marmots are a little more loose. They're a little more loose, boss. All right. Okay, Tina. So you're going to have to... This is new tight for me. fist for the devil rat. I, I got my knuckles in. Okay, knuckles. Oh, the rest should right, slip in nice and oh, easy. Oh, there it goes. There very, it goes. very there good insertion. Turn the hand around, I up, and, and grip. Please do not cut your fingers. All right. And what What is this liquid coming out of its anus? Don't worry about oh, that. Oh, God, Tina, I'm going to get your delicate top dirty. Well, I have three right. more. Now go ahead and, and wrap your fingers around the spine and lift upwards. One, two, three. Fantastic form. That is a really good looking spine. Go ahead and put that in the pan off to your left. We'll use that for Brian later. Go ahead and flip that carcass over onto its back with the breast exposed. Breast exposed. I'm sorry, this does get a little sexual, it sounds like, putting it your hands It does, but only in the right light. You gotta keep light. a clear head. This is about holiday and family oh, and tradition. Sorry. sorry, all right, Tina, okay, all right. Breast side up. Go ahead and take Titties both palms up. on top of the breastplate and then press downward, downward with <gasps> all your force. Oh, Thank you, right. very well done. You hear, did you hear that crack? Oh, okay. that, that's the breastbone separating and severing. Now that's important because that completes the spatchcocking procedure what it does is it flays out the carcass much like a blood eagle in old Nordic lore. And what it does is it evens out the carcass and then makes it nice and it exposes all parts of the meat to the heat of the smoker so that it's all about heat transfer, you see. You want that you want that that devil rat carcass to cook evenly. You don't want any part of it too drier or too raw. We're not making devil rat jerky here, no, are we? No we're not. No we're not, Buzz. Alright, okay, that's I don't I wish we would have met a lot sooner. My my goulash is just nothing compared to God this. God damn it, Buzz, that makes two of us. I wish we would have met years ago. Alright, Tina, come on. Alright, back to back cooking. Back to cooking here. Back to cooking. Back to it. All right, so now Here we that go. you've spatchcocked the devil rag carcass successfully. <laughs>
We're gonna go ahead and move on. From here, we'd go ahead and put that in the brining bag okay. and into the refrigerator overnight. We're gonna get that into the smoker tomorrow morning about 4 a.m. About right. a half an hour of smoking per one pound of oh, carcass. This fucker's gonna take a long time. It is, because it's a big fucking rat. Fucking A. From there, you're gonna cook it at 150 in your smoker. I personally right. like redwood, something aromatic. And you know what? Something I, I've learned to do as a growing up where I did, I most of the time if we smoked something, we just dug a big hole right next to our pooping hole, but not too close. Not too wanna, close. Not too close. Not too close, get, listeners. You don't want to get involved with all that nasty stuff. But we would dig a giant hole, giant hole, throw the carcass in, cover it with some grass, and light that fucker on fire. Some and we dirt. just keep, yeah. yeah, yeah, it'll take a very long time. Very just nice. For the listeners that maybe. Makes for really tender meat. Exactly. Makes for really tasty, tasty tender meat. Tender to the touch. Very good. Just like Gale. Of course, we're not just smoking devil rat. We're making meatballs out of it. So the rest of the cooking happens after the fact. I forgot. So after smoking, you want to harvest the carcass. And I like to use the belly meat of the rat. Of course, we get nothing to waste. But you're going to want about two pounds of that belly meat. And then you're going to grind it up in your grinder. But you're also going to take the drippings pan, which collected a lot of that skin fat. And it's got a lot of that smoke flavor in there, too. And then that that's gonna be your natural fat because the devil rat isn't a fatty animal by nature. And so those drippings, you're gonna wait for them to coagulate, maybe put them in the fridge, Bro, grind that up with the belly meat, oh, make a so nice good. ground chuck out of that devil belly meat. Then you're gonna want two large eggs. Any species is fine. That They're hard to come by, yep. but you know, gather them, steal them, big barter and steal them. If you can't oh, get I've got an, an egg, egg guy too. If you anyone, got an I've egg got guy. An egg guy. He's a pretty uh, shysty motherfucker, but anyone that needs it. You know, I find that's where the best eggs come oh. from. Now, you're also going to need a cup of breadcrumbs. You could go with regular krill flour, but I'd stay away from algae because it tends to make the balls shrink up a bit. Uh, the, the meatballs are... Oh. My it will balls. actually make your balls, oh if you are male, shrink up a little bit. Uh, no, the, the rat belly meatballs will be fine. Okay. It will make your balls shrink. Okay, so. If you have balls. If you have balls. Mine are very large. Which so you maybe have. I have. So maybe you'd I'm, go with the algae. I'm, because you, depending on your problematic size. <laughs> you, can, you can laugh. I know, it's so hard. It's. <laughs> 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 well, if I say algae. I almost drank my beer backwards. <laughs> Oh my god, I'm like sweating too. All right, now that you got your breadcrumbs, you're gonna want that half cup of Parmesan cheese. The Parmesan. Marmot Parmesan. <laughs> If you can find it, it's hard. You can find marmot. That's my personal favorite. But any lactating mammal will suffice. Fish milk, whatever any sort you call of domesticated it. pet that happens to have a young whelp might have enough mammae that are lactating at the time, and then you can milk that animal. Tina, have you ever tried breast milk? From what species? Um, troll. I've not tried that. Trolls are very rare. They only make up about two percent of the population. That's probably rarer than the but old marmot. Milk. That's not to say. I feel like it's just a lot of bang for your buck, you know, you guys got the large breasts. Oh, right, okay, so what's next on this here list? You're all about the large breasts, oh, aren't you, I've got Gail on, you know, the holidays make me think of Gail, and she had 
some of the biggest uh, breasts I have. As do they, seen. us all. It's good to be here talking about breasts with one of my best friends. You seem like you're grieving, Buzz. A little bit. I almost forgot, Tino. I brought you the hooch that you like so Fucking much. Fucking hooch, let's oh, drink some it's hooch. It's in the. Pour me some hooch, Buzz. Here it is, here it is, Tino. Wait, that's your oh, hooch. Let me give you my hooch. Here's my hooch. The Thank, you. <laughs> Thank you, Buzz. There's a lot you know, of hooch classes around here. You know, Buzz, what they say about grief? I lost my entire family. And what I, what I found I through my own ruminations right. and is that people mistake grief for fear. For being an asshole. Maybe that too. That too. But really, it's just, it's love with no place to go. So I want to take that grief and I want you to pour it into this dish, boss. Oh, Tina, that was fucking beautiful. And cheers. Cheers, Tina. Thank this you for, for me. you, Gail. Gail loved my big balls too and I loved her breasts. Thank she you. loved your big Thank balls? You. Yes. Then we're gonna stay away from that from that algae <laughs> flower, right? Oh yeah. We're gonna keep them right where they are. Either side of my pants, but either oh, side of that leg. You mean right? You mean side. figuratively, other side. I, we went into a little. We actually cock. separate. We went into a little cockney there. I'm trying to different accents. <laughs> I am an actress, as you know. <laughs> now. You're also gonna want some two oh, tablespoons Tina, of culture sea salt. I think the hooch is getting to you. Some black don't have too much stuff. It's been fermenting. One them. teaspoon of Italian seasonings, and then any sort of minced garlic replacement that you can find at your local stuffer shack. That sounds fucking good. Bake those in the oven. Right, right. 425 degrees Fahrenheit, not Celsius, for about 25 to 30 minutes. Take them on out. You got yourself a beautiful meatball. My God. You put those into a sub of any type of bread of your choice. And you feast. It smells incredible. Go ahead. Oh, fuck. Go ahead and put that in your mouth, oh, boss. Oh, and tell me what you think. Oh, hold on. The ball. The balls are so big. And they're hot, hot big balls. All right. Hot and big. Hot and big, just like my balls. All right. How's that taste? Oh, fuck. How's that taste, boss? Oh, my God. That's a Hooter Ranch special, folks. That is absolutely incredible. Thank you. Let's go ahead and move on. We're going to go to our next dish. Now, Boz, what have you brought for us today? Well, Tina, this goulash that Gail used to make. Um, goulash? Goulash. And I'd, I'll be honest, I actually don't know what's in goulash. I think, like I said, just things we'd find around the house or on the street or in the sewers. Or, opportunistic. Opportunistic, yes, yes. But the knee tendons. So sometimes on a run, we'd... The most tender tendon tender. in the body. Oh, it's it's a delicacy. It's overlooked a lot, you so... You dwarves, you know what you're doing. We, we know, we know, you know, and we so them in a brine of sorts. It's more like sewer water, but either way. <laughs> Anything you can get your hands on. Interesting fact. Devil rats don't like too much sun exposure. I digress. <laughs> oh my god. So if you're afraid of devil rats or you're in an area where there might be infestations that you're worried about, stick to the sun or stay inside in the nighttime hours. Really good advice, Tina. We want to keep people safe and we want to keep them safe. Public service announcements. Oh, the more you know, Tina. All right, so I can't quite remember the main ingredient Gal used to, to put in there that... Dig deep, ass. I know her father really knew it, the back of his hand. I thought maybe we could call him, but he's probably sleeping. He's a very old, old man. You know what? We should probably try and call him real quick and see if he answers. I'd like to talk to... What's his name? Uh, his name is... <laughs> Wait, okay, hold on. Gail's human. <laughs> I have to, like, think about this. Uh, Larry? Larry's good. I like Larry. I like Larry. Oh, Larry. Uh, Larry Bloomfield. Okay, yeah. Well, Gail's father, his name was Larry Bloomfield. He was um, a very successful uh, surgeon, and he also did a lot of 
He was a doctor. He was a doctor. No, I had a doctor named Larry once. I wonder if it was the same Do you guy. Think it wasn't Mr. Bloomfield. I called him Dr. Larry. I didn't know his last name. What was his specialty? He uh, specialized in um, lady parts. <laughs> oh, I, I don't think he did that, but I'm going to give him a ring, see if he answers. It's 244. It's 344. Working. My, bro- my Come brother on. might answer. I thought yeah? my brother would answer. What up, bro? Dave, are you working right now? The day is over. I'm not doing a goddamn thing. Okay, do you have 10 minutes? Yeah. Okay, so I'm here with my, my friend Sarah. Uh, we are doing a holiday special uh, podcast episode right now. Okay. And I'm wondering if you'd be willing to be a character voice for like five minutes. Like right now? Like right now. Yeah, sure, why not? Who Fuck is? yes. Woo! All right, so... So who am I? You are... Who is he? Okay, so... I used to be married to this woman. Her name was Gail, and she died. He's yeah. her father, right? Yeah. So you, right. you'd be Gail's father, like you'd a be super Gail's, old... You'd be Gail's father. He's just an old dude. What's and the background information on this guy? He's a doctor. He's a doctor. Okay. We're trying to figure out this like family goulash recipe that... I don't have a script, is what you're saying. No, no. This Not is all improv. All, all improv. <laughs> Man, you're fucking D&D shit. I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> like, I try to do this shit with these guys. And usually I'm drunk as fuck. And it's like... I'm always the phone like, is ringing. The phone is ringing. And then Dr. Bloomfield picks up. Yellow. Oh, Larry. It's me, Balls. I know it's been a really, really long time, but I'm um, I'm with one of my friends and we're making a, a, a cooking show and I... I'm trying to recreate Gail's goulash, and I, I really need your help. I know we haven't spoken in, well, probably since Gail passed away, but can you help? Yeah, I, I, I just got done watching the season three, episode five of Murder, She Wrote, oh. and I'm a little bit right. preoccupied right now. Um, it, it will only take maybe five minutes, Larry. I, and I'm sorry, do, do, Dr. Bloomfield, I, I know you're a really busy man, but... Yeah, you don't have to call me Dr. Bloomfield. Right, right, it's not so, where sorry. our relationship has ever been. You can call me Larry. Larry. You know, I'd prefer maybe if, you know, you, you called me Lair. I don't know if we're there right now. Right, I, Larry. Lair. We can... Lair. Lair Bear. Lair Bear's too... That's a bridge I'm too sorry, far. Right. Believe, yeah. <laughs> my, my apologies, sir. Um, I'm sorry. I'm just a little nervous. I know we haven't spoken in, in, right. in a while. Let's so. get to the point, Cam. Oh, right. yes. I yep. would like to move on to the next episode as soon as I can. I understand. Your, your time is precious and a little limited. I, I mean, I'm sorry. I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> um, so what, what I've told the crowd is we have... What do you mean by limited? Just that you, you know, you. My time is valuable, valuable. not limited. Right, sir. All right, Mr. Larry. Um, I gave the audience a little bit of a background. We have a, a broth that I will um, I use kneecap tendons. I know I've kind of fudged your family recipe just a little bit, but... What the fuck are you talking um, about? It's a very long story, Larry. <laughs> I'd appreciate it maybe if we talk about no, this I'm offline. Just, I mean, is this, a, is this a, supposed to be a prank? Am I even talking to the real boss? Because right now... Okay, if I need to prove myself... The one thing about me do you, is my my big old heavy dick, right? Right, Larry, that's me. Balls with the big dick. I don't, I don't, I didn't know that about you. Oh. And uh, I, maybe that's the only reason my <laughs> he, daughter was with you. He, he might be losing and his I, memory. It's all right. Uh, oh. Let's just cut to the chase here. What was the, what was the secret ingredient to the Gale goulash? The secret ingredient to the Gale goulash. <sighs> I don't even know if Gail knew what the secret ingredient to the goulash was. <laughs> Between two big dick gentlemen, 
I didn't have the conversation with Gail, so I'm not sure what she ever used as a substitute. Um, may I? Usually, usually, now you shut the fuck up for a second. I'm going to give you the secret. <laughs> now, Angela Lansbury, people like to think of her as a sleuth, but I always, I don't think people realize how well she fill out a blouse in a lot of those episodes <laughs> and they never really get a lot of but I, there's a reason I keep watching and re-watching and when I got ready to make goulash every Sunday at 6 o'clock p.m. or was it 7 o'clock I can't remember what time zones and it was 60 minutes it was murder she wrote it was <laughs> and I'd have to ask Gail or my wife or anybody else there was a point where Angela's about ready to Crack the case, and I'd say, You guys need to walk out of the room. <laughs> and that's, I would take the sample. And uh, a lot of people like to use a cream of mushroom or some other type of stock. And um, I, I, I prefer to use a farm fresh Bloomfield family ingredient. Right, sir. Right. Direct, direct from my best difference. <laughs> <laughs> Larry. And, you know, even my own wife, I always felt like a little bit like I was, you know, it wasn't cheating, but it was, it was so much fun. And, you know, and now uh, maybe goulash is on the menu tonight. So I don't know how I'm going to do that for you because the key is you got to keep it warm. You know, it's just like a, it's like a good scone. You eat that when it's fresh out of the oven and right when you just, and you, and you know, maybe we'll type all this recipe and um, maybe we'll come back next year. You know, we'll Boz, the best way well, to make any family dish is with real family love. Are you insinuating that I'll use my own I don't have any input in this conversation, but what I would like to say is that the Dr. Larry Doctor. is, um, uh, I think he's onto something. And I really appreciate all of your input, Dr. Larry. Well, it's an acquired taste, that's for sure. And my wife always said so. But the, the idea is that, uh, not the goulash, but anyway. The, uh, so <laughs> I don't know how we're going to make it work, but I, I, I can't speak. I've never had goulash without. Tell you what, I'm oh, actually uh, getting a little bit. Um, nope, here we go. You know, I feel like you two have really made a connected a bridge here in this conversation. Tina. This has been a lot of communication that I feel like maybe hasn't happened before. You're absolutely right. And, um, Tina, yeah. might I be so bold and ask if maybe next year Larry can come on and we can see the goulash being made? I would love that. In person. Well, I, I, I'll tell you this. I, I, you, you can sit with me in the living room. Um, you know, you see how the sausage is made, so to speak. You see how the goulash is the made, goulash. so to speak. Yeah, it was a good a joke about sausage, my dick. And, the, and anyway, I'm right, sorry. Larry, it's, yeah. anyway, You're funny. Point. I feel like I'm explaining my own jokes, and now it's to the point where I'm tired of this conversation, and I need to get back to my TV. Yeah, it's understandable, Larry. That's understandable. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your special ingredient, I've your secret ingredient, secret really. Is literally. Your own love. Uh, Thank you, Larry. And we're I, surrounded by love. So much love. Oh and yeah, I, I, I've grown tired of this conversation. So we, uh, I'm, right, I'm going to exit uh, stage left and uh, do my thing. I uh, hope the goulash turns out well for you and uh, don't Good call me again. Goodbye, Larry. I love you. But all right, bye. All right. Well, Tina, um, like I said, I, I don't think I was actually prepared for the... Um, There's a very secret ingredient. So I don't really know how to approach the final recipe, but I'll just maybe throw it out to our viewers to use their own secret ingredient. Use your own secret ingredient, whatever it might be. Whatever. Breast milk or... Cream of mushroom. Cream of mushroom. Or whatever brings love, love to your family. Love juice. I think that's very valid. That's a good way to put so, it. So that's pretty much the goulash and... uh. 
Very special to be able to talk to Mr. Bloomfield again, Doctor. Larry. Do- Dr. Larry. Dr. Dr. Larry. Dr. Larry. Dr. Larry. I can't call him Larry Bear anymore. Right. I did that once before. <laughs> he, he literally slapped me across the face. And From t- one BOHD to another. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you like, keep I stopping can't. your laugh. You just I let know, it go. I let it run. Like, it's so, oh, so fucking ridiculous. You combine all those ingredients. Oh, right. Yeah, Gail would use, um, I would call it a cauldron. Uh, I made it myself as cast steel. Iron. Cast iron, yeah, to really heat up well over a fire. My goulash, you know, you just can't let it sit. You have to tend to the fire. And then something I would always put in would be uh, my, my hooch to give it a little... A little hooch little kick. Oomph, if you little will. hooch kick. So, nice and, and boozy. hooch, that's pretty much the goulash. That's pretty much it. <laughs> and the tendons, but, um, you know, if you can't find the kneecap tendons... Any tendon a, will do. Any tendon will any do. Any tendon. Right you are, Tina, right. Flavorful tendons, they're overlooked within the connective tissue families. Lots of people go with the marrow of the bone. No. But tendons also work. You don't want to waste anything. Sometimes we'd make a pate with the eyeballs or the tongue and the mm. and the, the gums. I love a of, pate. Yes. Um, you just mash all that up with your bare hands. And honestly, the hooch is the ingredient. To neutralize any viruses. Yep. That's why my belly's so good and I'm so healthy is all that hooch. How are you feeling, Tina? I'm feeling really good. Good. And you know what? Thank you so much, boss, for coming in here and sharing your family traditions with me. And thank you for listening to my family. Family traditions. It really makes the holidays special. It's the love, whether it's in the meal, literally, or it's made by the people that you love. That's what really matters. And what more love can you have than the memory of smell? The memory of smell is the strongest, they say. You're more insightful than I ever imagined. And I'm very honored to be on this show with you. And, um... Are we actually going to eat what you brought? No, no, we're not going to oh, eat okay. any of this. This is not safe oh. to eat at all. Okay. But as you can imagine, tomorrow would be delicious. Oh, tomorrow we'll feast. So thank you all of our friends for joining us on this holiday special. Thank you, Larry. It's been so meaningful to us to share our family traditions with you. And we hope that it has inspired you to go out and make your own memories with your own families. Until next time. Until next time, or, or even if you don't have a family like me, but Tina, you're the closest to family I've ever had. All right. Uh, let's go drink some fucking hooch. All right, Tina, let's get fucked up. Merry fucking Christmas, everyone. Merry fucking Christmas to you. Fuck yeah, twats. And happy holidays. Cheers, Damn twats. Pink Hawk theme created by Colin Ruffino. You can find links to his website in the description below, along with credits for other songs used in this episode, including We Wish You a Merry Christmas by Alexander Nakarada, SerpentSoundStudios.com, promoted by FreeStockMusic.com, Attribution 4.0 International, CreativeCommons.org. A special thanks to our guest, Sarah, is Basil Stormgrog, and a Christmas treat cameo from my brother, Dave, as Dr. Larry Lairbear Broomfield. Hope you enjoyed this bonus episode. We've got one more coming your way before season two hits. So stay sharp, Shadow Punks. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Sarah, that was, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was trying, <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the big heavy dick. Um, <laughs> I, you know, it's like so interesting. Like I, I was like, 
can't think if I had you, I would have been as a dick. How can you be a dick? You know, like, what is the weight of a dick? It's so hard to it's so hard to weigh. Depending on the human, I mean, yeah. Seriously, like people like oh, like how much does it really weigh? Probably not much. Like what what is like? So what would constitute a heavy dick? The girth and is it the balls included? No, balls don't count. No balls don't count. Just the maybe it's the grower, not a shower. Getting into the nuances of. Weighing a dick. How do you weigh a dick? 